Is that better? Yeah. Uh, I can feel that. My ears are a little bit stopped up, so I apologize if if I can't. If it seems to me like I can't hear you, but if you can't hear me, just let me tell you what not to do if you can't hear me. If you can't hear me, don't leave. But if you can't hear me, just raise your hand. I'll try to talk a little bit loud. I had a had a thought listening to the the, the music team. Uh, I don't know. I should back up just a minute. <coughs> Reverend Dalco, when he invited me to come and be with you today, and I have to tell you how grateful I am for that invitation. I'm so happy to, to share with you. It's been a while since I was since I was in this sanctuary, so I'm glad to be back. Um, I was thinking, as the music team was, was ministering to us, uh, how many of you all remember Alfred Bolden? Alfred Bolden. You don't know Alfred You should know. If nobody else in here knows who Alfred Bolden is, you should know who he is. So Alfred Bolden in the 60s was declared, we'll, we'll, it can be debated who declared him this, but he was declared in the 60s the greatest, the world's greatest gospel organist. And, and you know, I know enough about music to be dangerous. <laughs> But listening to Alfred Bolden play the organ, I understood why they said he was the world's greatest gospel organist. He was bad. I mean, he, this guy was, he was really, 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 really good. He was almost as good as, what's your name? Darvis. he's almost as good as Darvis. And, and that's my point. That's my point. If, if, if the world's greatest, it's, it's 2020, Alfred Golden isn't here anymore. The world's greatest gospel musician is gone. Then what is the church to do? If the world's greatest gospel musician is, organist is no longer with us, what are we to do? Well, that raises another question in my mind. Why God does what God does? Y'all yeah, know God has an ulterior motive in blessing us. So so God blesses us so that we can be blessed. God blesses us for us just because but God has another motive in blessing us. And that's the one that we sometimes forget about. We forget about this one because we love it so much when God blesses us. It makes us feel good. It makes us feel valued. It makes us feel important. It makes us feel special when God blesses us. And I don't know about you, but I like that a lot. I like how it feels when God blesses me. And sometimes when God blesses me, I can't think of anything else except just to enjoy and revel in God's blessing. But God has another, what I call an ulterior motive in blessing us. You remember God's conversation with Abraham? I'm going to get to the sermon if y'all can be patient. Can you be patient? It's been a couple of uh, weeks since I had the opportunity to preach, so you know, you give a preacher a mic, you just ask him for it. Amen. So you remember why God blessed Abraham? 
Well, because God loved Abraham. God was crazy in love with Abraham. That's why God blessed him. God said to Abraham, I'm going to make you, because you, because you have shown yourself to be faithful, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. You're going to have so many kids. It's going to be more than you can number. Kind of like the stars in the sky. You look at the stars in the sky and it's too many to number. Like the grains of sand on the beach. Anybody here ever go to the beach try to count the grains of sand? It's too many to count. God says, that's how I'm going to bless you. You're going to have so many children having kids. For Abraham, it's a good thing. God blessed Abraham because God loved Abraham. But I, I declare God had an ulterior motive, and I'm going to get to my point in a minute. God had an ulterior motive in blessing Abraham. God blessed Abraham so that Abraham could bless others. So, so hear me. When God blesses us, it's not just for us. It's selfish of us to take God's blessing and keep it all to ourselves. Yes, God blesses us because God loves us as if we were the only person on the face of the earth. But we're not the only person on the face of the earth. And just as much as God loves me, I hate to admit it, I hate to admit it, I don't want to say it, I wish it weren't true, but just like God loves me, God loves you. God blesses me, God expects me to be a blessing to others. Not just to shout hallelujah all over the sanctuary, but to leave this place and go out and touch somebody else's life in the name of Jesus Christ. Until we do that, we have not shown God the praise that God deserves. So I, I want to say another word about dog is here. Well, you guys are going to get a, a lot of stuff today, apparently. Uh, I was thinking about Alfred Bolden and what happens if the world's greatest gospel organist is gone. What does the church do? Well, God always has a darkness. God always has what we need. Yes, Alfred Bolden is gone, but God sent a darkness. And and a Myron and a Andre it's a couple of Andres and, and all of these and all of you we, we never have to doubt that God is going to give us what we need and sometimes it feels life comes at us sometimes that it feels like there's no way things will ever get better no way things will ever again be the same but God will always give us what we need. Always. We never have to doubt that. That is how God blesses us. By giving us what we need. And so when God blesses us by giving us what we need, what, what's our appropriate response? Thank you. To say thank you and then to go bless somebody else. Enough of that. Let's talk about what we came here for today. 
If you uh, if you got Bibles, I invite you to turn with me to the Book of Philippians. And again, I want to say I'm glad I've got a couple of my grandkids here with me. They are they are graduating from being grand monsters, grand monsters into being just regular grandkids. <laughs> Maybe. Glad to have have my boys with me today. Uh, Philippians chapter three, beginning with verse three. Reads like this. <clears throat> For it is we who are the circumcision, we who worship by the Spirit of God, who glory in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. If anyone else thinks he has reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for legalistic righteousness, faultless. But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss, for the sake of Christ. What's more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish, trash, that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Sisters and brothers, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So when was the last time you went to a football game, or a basketball game, or a track meet, or a movie? No moviegoers? How'd you get in? Had a ticket? No ticket, you don't get in. Unless you know somebody. Maybe you get in. The ticket to get into the game to the track meet or the movie or the concert, the ticket is your credential. It gives you access to the event. Those of us who have had children, who have children, have grown them up hopefully, I bet we all said to our kids, get your education. You know, our kids, they figure out why you keep harping on that, why you keep saying that over and over and over, why I have to hear that every day of my life until I graduate from high school. Get your education. The reason we tell our kids that is because we, we don't want them to have to say that the only credential they have is a high school diploma or GED. It's good to have that credential. But a high school diploma only gets you so far in this world, in this time. Mm. 
for most of us. So credentials are important. A couple of things about credentials I want to share with us today. First thing is that they give you access. Without a credential, you don't have access. You go to a concert, you have your ticket to get into the concert, you try to go backstage and they look at you like, what in the world is wrong with you? You have to have a different credential to gain access to the back of the stage. Now, I never was able to do that, so I don't know what backstage looks like. But without that credential, you don't get backstage. It doesn't provide you access. I uh, have been blessed to be a, uh, a delegate to our general conference in the United Methodist Church several times. And every time general conference rolls around, a huge deal is, is made of the delegates, making sure the delegates have their credentials. There's this badge that you wear around your neck, and only persons with that badge have access to, to the floor of the conference where all the voting takes place. Credentials give you access. Without a credential, you don't have access. The, the question of uh, voting in our country right now, one of the reasons so many, so many folks get riled up about uh, the, uh, this push to have uh, identification, certain identification when you go to vote is because it's a question of access. And if you don't have the right ID, then you can't vote. But some of us, some of us can remember uh, the days and maybe even in, uh, in have personal experience with somebody who lived during the time when the credential you had to produce at the voting booth was the poll tax. Amen. And if you didn't produce that credential, you couldn't vote. So credentials are important because they give us access. They're also important credentials are because they indicate that one is qualified. So bear with me. Y'all okay? Six foot three. 217 pounds, 2% body fat, 4.2 in the 40-yard dash, 357 credit score, 4.0 GPA, top one percentile in the class, 300 hours of volunteer service in the These were all credentials. MBA, PhD, these are credentials. They indicate whether one is qualified to be a professional athlete or to get into a particular college or whether one is qualified, whether one can qualify for a loan to buy a house or a car or even to rent an apartment. Those credentials tell whether or not one is qualified. Now, you might think that this kind of thing is only important for us in our time, but that would not be completely true. Credentials were important even in the Bible days. The text that we read just a little bit ago is a text that talks about that. Paul, when he wrote to the the Christians at Philippi. This was one of his favorite churches. It was the first church that uh, he organized on the continent of Europe. And this was a beloved church. This is the only one of the churches Paul didn't have a whole lot of fussing 
to do with. He didn't fuss at this church very much at all, like he did the church at Corinth and the churches in Galatia. This church was dear to Paul's heart. However, <clears throat> what this church encountered is what the church always encounters. This church encountered a group of people who wanted to, uh, to, to tell them that the way to get in good standing with God is by keeping the law of Moses. It's by following the system that involves circumcision. If you want to be right with God, keep the Ten Commandments, get circumcised on the eighth day, and follow all the rituals and rites and, and processes and practices of the, the Hebrew religion, just like it says in the Hebrew Bible of the Old Testament. If you want to be right with God, that's what you do. And, and that sort of thing never set well with Paul. Never set well with Paul when people talk like that. Because Paul's experience was such that he knew the only way to get right with God was through faith in Jesus Christ. So these people are coming to the Philippian Christians and they're telling them to pay attention to the law. Pay attention to all the things that the law of Moses tells us to do. Pay attention to those. Do those and Paul, he isn't, he isn't hearing that. So he says to them, look, if anybody, if anybody can talk about following the Jewish religion, if anybody has credentials to talk about how great the Jewish religion is, I have those credentials. I have those credentials. He says, I was circumcised the eighth day. You know, the Jewish religion requires you to be circumcised if you're a boy. Circumcised on the eighth day of your life. He says, I was a of the tribe of Benjamin. He's just laying out his credentials here. Circumcised on the eighth day of the tribe of Benjamin. Benjamin is the, the tribe out of which uh, Israel's first king came. King Saul. So it was an important important Israelite Hebrew family, the tribe of Benjamin. I'm with the tribe of Benjamin. I am a Hebrew of Hebrews. That is, I was born to Hebrew parents. Hebrew mother, Hebrew parent. My parents were not Gentile. Regarding the law, that's the first point. I'm, I'm a Hebrew through and through. Regarding the law, I'm a Pharisee. Now, for the, for the Hebrew people, if you remember this from the time that Jesus was here, no one was more serious about following the law than the Pharisees. They were so serious about following the law that they created a whole bunch of other laws to help people follow the laws, which didn't really help at all. It made it more challenging, more difficult, more impossible. But no one was more devoted to keeping the law of Moses than the Pharisees. No one. Paul says, my, my credential includes me being a Pharisee. Another part of his credential, he says, is that how, how, do you, how, do you, how do you think of zeal today? Passion, in terms of my passion, my zeal, my, my passion, my zeal for God. If there's any question about my passion, my zeal for God, you only have to ask the people in the church who I threw in the jail. 
talk about passion and zeal, I persecuted the church. I persecuted the church. I had Christians thrown into jail. I had Christians put to death. I consented when Stephen was stoned to death. You talk about passion, I had passion. I was committed. No one was more committed to following and keeping the law than I was. And finally he says, with regard to uh, keeping the law, I was faultless. I was blameless. Paul says, this is pretty audacious, y'all. This is, this is, he says, I was blameless in keeping the law. Now, I don't know if anybody else has ever said that. He says, I was faultless in the way I kept the law. So, Paul says, if, if anybody has credentials for talking about the Hebrew religion, the law of Moses, I do. Because I was a Hebrew of Hebrews. I was a Hebrew through and through. I lived that life as well as it can be lived. So if anybody has space to talk about it, I do. Paul goes on. Even though his credentials qualify him as an expert in the law, even though his his credentials as a Hebrew gave him access to, to places of power and influence, to special places, gave him uh, access to places that others didn't have access to, even though Paul's credentials did much for him as a Hebrew, they weren't enough. Because one day, he met Jesus. And when he met Jesus, everything changed. Everything. His life changed completely. Now, you remember when he met Jesus, he was on his way. He was on, <laughs> he was, he was on his way to do some damage to some Christian brothers and sisters. He was on his way to throw them in jail or kill them to get rid of them however he could, whatever way he needed to. He was on his way to hurt and harm Christians. And while he was on the way, he met Christ. Well, actually the Lord sort of hit him, hit him with a, a left hook and knocked him out. Well, almost knocked him out. And in that moment when Paul encountered Christ, his life was changed. And so he testifies to us in this text that we read today, he testifies to us that all those credentials I had before, man, they were valuable, they were important, they made me feel like I was somebody. All of those credentials, I count it as nothing compared to Christ. Compared to what I have in Christ, all of that stuff it's like trash. It's like stuff to go on the curb, to be thrown away, to go to the landfill. All of that stuff, all of those accomplishments, all of those things that I was able to do, being a Hebrew's Hebrew, all of that, none of it compares to what I have in Christ. I consider it loss. I count it loss for the sake of knowing Jesus Christ. So this passage, I think, is really a simple one for us. I think it's a really simple one for us. I think Paul is just trying to remind us that the only credential that matters 
the credential that matters most for us is knowing Christ. Knowing Christ is what matters most. If we have that on our resume, then we got everything we need. Paul says, I had all of that stuff, but now all I want is to know Christ. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. I want to share in the suffering of Christ if somehow I might attain the resurrection. All I want is to know Jesus Christ. Nothing else matters. That's the credential that will see us through the hard times, the rough spots, the storms. That's the credential that when we have it will allow us to sing, I won't complain. That credential, knowing Christ, is what gets us through the dark days. That credential is what helps us to overcome adversity and trial and tribulation. That credential is the one that helps us to have the joy of Christ. When all around us is sadness and brokenness and hopelessness, that credential, y'all, if we don't have that it don't matter what else we got. I know it's not good English. But if we don't have the credential of knowing Christ, we just don't have much at all. We might be the richest billionaire in the world. We might be the person with the most letters behind her name. PhD, PHD, PHHD. We might have we might have the fastest 100 meter time in the universe. Faster than, what's the guy's name? Boat. Faster than boat. We might run 100 in, in 8.7 seconds. I think that's fast. Is that fast? But if we don't know Christ, that only gets us so far. Might get you those 100 meters. What after that? might have a credit score of 873, if that's possible, I don't know. I, I don't have that kind of credit score. <laughs> All I can tell you is I have a credit score. <laughs> maybe it's in the 200s, maybe it's in the 300s, I don't know, but I've got one somewhere. <laughs> but you might have a credit score that's through the roof. That only gets you so you might graduate at the top of your class. You might get in the best college that ever there was. And that's good. And I hope you do. But just remember, that only gets you so Knowing Christ is the credential that gets you backstage with Christ. It's that simple not complex, not hard to understand, I hope. So my prayer for you, for me, for us, in these days ahead, if you don't have that credential, if you don't know Christ, I hope that today is the day when you might say, I want to know Christ, like Paul. I want to have this credential so that I can have access to all that God has for so that I can be qualified to go out and share the love of Christ with others. I want to have this credential. I want to know Christ. Paul testifies to us. 
Paul's testimony is that nothing else satisfies like knowing Christ. We have, we have to choose that for ourselves. I pray that you will make that choice today. That you want to know Christ. I can guarantee you this. I can't guarantee you much in life. <clears throat> but I can guarantee you that if you if you decide you want to know Christ, I can guarantee you that Christ won't turn you away. I can't guarantee you anything else. I can't guarantee you if you decide you want to know Christ, Christ will not turn you away. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much. Thank you so much for sending your son Jesus the Christ to us. When we were broken and lost, when we were in darkness without even a candle, you sent your son not only to show us the way, but to put us on his shoulders and carry us to the place where we need to be in your presence. Forgive us for leaning on our earthly credentials. Forgive us for trusting our GPA or our credit score or our bank account or our people network. Forgive us for trusting all that. And so fill us with your spirit that we might put our trust in nothing but Christ. Like Paul, we want to know him. The power of his resurrection. And share in the fellowship of his son. And we want to know this, Lord, not only for ourselves, but so that we can share it with others who do not know. So many people are chasing things that cannot satisfy. Give us the power of your spirit that we might help them know that Christ is the one who can satisfy. Give us the strength of your spirit to point people in the direction of Jesus Christ. <coughs> Grant us, we pray, for the sake of the one who died and rose for us, Jesus the Christ. Amen. My name is Nicholas Wurst. I'm the executive minister here at One 